Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. I tell you, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's not only uh, Pastor Jonathan, Erica, I know he would say it's the entire team that God has assembled here. About four or five months ago, we did a staff retreat together and uh, just spent like 36 hours together. Can I just tell you, you are in a church that has an incredible staff, an incredible team that loves God with all their heart, that loves you and speaks so highly of you as a church and uh, is just incredible. How many are thankful for that, right? So good. Last, um, just last weekend, we also got to spend, uh, again, about a day and a half with uh, all of the board and spouses of Cross Point Church and Jonathan and Erica, all of us together, just encouragement, celebrating wins. And I've been talking about the next season, the vision, the things that we feel like, uh, that they feel like God is doing at the church. And I just, I just want to affirm not only your board and the spouses and the team, but I just sometimes it's really helpful for somebody that's a, um, um, a little bit of an extended family member, that's what I would consider myself, uh, to you to come in from the outside and say, you are part of a great church. Can I hear an amen? Let me just say, 830 can't be louder than you. It just, it just can't happen. But seriously, you're part of a great church, and it's exciting to see what's going on. I love, uh, Pastor Jonathan mentioned next week, is Convoy Hope. I have one of these in my house, uh, along with the one from the church I serve at, at Emmanuel up in the Twin Cities. And uh, not only do I review it periodically, but probably a couple times a month I take this in my devotion time and I just pray over all of our partners, all our missionaries that are in here, and just pray that God would use them, that God would equip them, that God would protect them, that God would let the hands, that they, the, the ministry that their hand touch flourish. And so I would encourage you to do that. And I love your goal, 350000 Right? Yeah, that's good. Anybody wants to write that check today, you can do that. And uh, we would welcome that. Here's what I say about goals, though, uh, and I really mean that. Uh, don't pray, God, help us reach this goal. Pray, God, what is my part that you want me to do? Just pray that. Whether you're a young person, a single adult, a single parent, a married adult, an older couple, no matter what season of life you find yourself in, Speed of Light and BGMC and all that's part of Kingdom Builders at Cross Point, just pray, God, I'm thankful for what we are going to do together, but God, what do you want me to do? What do you want us to do? Uh, next week, it's, it's, we're going to have a big day of, of one day to feed the world. God, what, what does a day look like for our income? And God, we're going to bring that. We're going to trust God we're going to just be thankful for everything God's doing. I love the phrase. I believe that we are blessed to be a blessing. Everybody said amen, church, because we are. We are so blessed to be a blessing. All right, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. And if you do that right now, do not roll your eyes at me. Come on, you can hold your coffee if you want to. But everybody stand to your feet. And uh, I want to share a couple things. I want to declare a couple things over Cross Point Church. I just feel um, that God wanted us to take just a moment. We're going to pray over the message in, in just a moment. You won't stand for the whole thing, don't worry. And, uh, and just, just want to just share this with you. And this will be up on the screen. I want you to see this, and I want you to say these words after me. God is on the move. Say it together. God is on the move. One more time, really loud. 
God is on the move. Did you know that God is on the move in your church? Did you know that? you got to say it sometimes. Man, God is on the move. Can you believe? I mean, just even look around in this service. Can you believe that seven or eight years ago, this was a church plant with a handful of people gathered together? And, and the next weekend, there might be 800 or 1,000 people gathered together for Easter. Come on, right? I'm seriously. But God is on the move. What's exciting about that, that means God's on the move in your life as well. And so even if you don't see it right now, I want to tell you, you're in a church where God is on the move, and guess what? All of us make up the church together. So that means God is on the move in your life, and we'll talk about that in, in a few moments. It'll, it'll come alive. And I have you standing for this reason, Old Testament and New Testament. When you look in the Old Testament, and you look in the New Testament, you study Scripture, I hope you love God's Word, even if you're just beginning in your faith journey, even if you're here and you're exploring, you're watching online, you're exploring Christianity, I hope you dive into God's Word. If you look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, God was always doing a few things. One of the things He was always doing, He was calling His church to move forward. Forward, right? Get up, move forward, go forward. He's got something new, something better, something bigger for us. I mean, look at it. Try to find a scripture where God says to go backwards, right? You just won't find them, right? There's not a lot of passages that say that. And the reason I have you standing up is because how many know you can't go forward sitting down? you got to stand up and say, okay, God, I'm ready to go forward to be, to be everything you've called me to do. And last thing I want to share before we pray is this. Always be thankful for what God has done in our lives and our church. Up to this point, always be thankful. It's a miracle story of what God's doing at Cross Point, how God is using this church, how God's using the youth ministry and the kids ministry and sisterhood and, and women's and growth track. And I mean, it truly is amazing. Always be thankful for that. And the next thing is this, always be open to where God wants to take me and us next. Everybody say next. The one thing we can count on is there's always a next. There's a next season, a next chapter. And there might be a few of you that don't love change in the room. But guess what? Life is full of it, right? It's full of change. So we're just ready for whatever God has next. Would you open your hands with me, please? Father, we just say yes to what you're leading us to do. We thank you for what you're doing in this church, in our church, God. We're so grateful for the person on the right and the left. We're faithful for the body of Christ. We're faithful for those that we know and those that we don't know because all of us together make up what you're doing in our church. And so we just say, God, have your way. Continue to move us forward into new ways, into new areas, into new seasons. Because, God, we want everything you have for us, and we desire your best in our lives. God, we say yes to anything you're asking us to do today. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. All right, one more big hand of praise for God because he's worthy. Come on. That's awesome. You can be seated. You can be seated. Hey, the title of the message today is How Big Is God? How Big Is God? Come on, people on the balcony. I see you up there. Look at that. So you unlocked the doors from early service. There you go. It's great. How big is God? Everybody say it with me. How big is God? Question mark. Question mark. And I want you to, some of you might think, oh, this is a great camp message. But actually, it might be. It's a great message for today that God has he wants to speak into our lives. How big is God? And I'm going to move quick because we have a lot of content. If you love God's word, if you love God's word, you're going to love this message because we're going to read a lot of it. 
And some of you see me smiling right now. So if you don't get excited, I'm going to get excited for you. I'm just going to tell you. Because these this passages are just full of such incredible truth, right? We're not here to, in church to check a box, right? We're not here this morning to do a religious thing, are we, church? No. We're here to listen and receive whatever God has for us. That word, that fresh scripture that God wants to speak to our lives. So how big is God? Let me ask you this question just to kind of get our minds in the, a visual uh, kind of moving towards this. Uh, what's the biggest thing, think with me, what's the biggest thing you've ever experienced? The biggest thing that you ever have experienced. I would venture to say it's probably bigger than you are. Otherwise, you might need to open your eyes, right? <laughs> Come on, somebody. But the biggest thing you've ever experienced. How many have ever spent any time by or on the ocean or on a cruise ship? Can I just see your hands? Have you ever been just amazed how you can look out and all you see endless is water? Have you ever been to the top of a mountain peak, anybody? Has anybody ever been to Pikes Peak in Colorado? Um, isn't it incredible? It could be in the middle of July. You get up there, there's snow on the ground. And you are looking for miles and miles at the vastness of God, right? And it's just amazing. I get inspired when I'm in the Rocky Mountains because it just reminds me of how big our creator is. Um, a couple years ago, uh, Jane and I were part of leading a, a, a mission trip, a vision trip to four nations in the Middle East. And it's pre-COVID and, and we, were make, we, we had, uh, I think it was 16 flight segments in nine days and we stopped at a lot of places. One of the places we went to was um, Dubai. So we were in Dubai for 36 hours. We are in the Middle East and Egypt and Oman and, and Jordan and then we were in Dubai for 36 hours. And uh, in Dubai, it's a really unique place. If you've, I don't hang out there. I'm a Minnesota guy. But I got to go there one time. And uh, they call it Disneyland of the Middle East. It's Disneyland in the desert because there's sand everywhere, but there's extravagance and craziness everywhere. Well, the tallest building in the world is there. We're going to show you a picture of it right now if you would. It's, uh, this building is called the Burj Khalifa. The Burj Khalifa. It's 163 stories tall. Which doesn't tell the whole story because the, when this building was built several years ago, the stories were built 12 to 13 feet in height, each one of them. So when we know of the Empire State Building, which we've been to as well, those stories, it's a super tall building, super cool to go to here in the U.S., but those stories are more like 10 feet tall. So even the stories don't tell the whole truth. When you look at that, and let's leave it on that picture just for a second, that building to the left of it is about 75% as tall as the Empire State Building. And the Burj Khalifa is that much taller. And you can take an elevator, if you pay the right amount of money, all the way to the top of this thing, right underneath the spire. It's an express elevator. It goes so fast and so high that your ears start popping. And there's an observation deck out there. And when you get to the 158th floor, you can go out onto the observation deck. So we paid to do this, right? If I'm, when I'm traveling, I'm kind of an experienced guy. Let's experience it, right? When's the next time, if ever, we're going to be in Dubai? So we go out there, and it is windy and blowing, and you could see forever. And what I, what I realized when we got up there, they all these pictures, the architects and the genius of this construction was the Burj Khalifa is built to fluctuate, to sway up to 20% at its foundation. Think about it. So I'm up there. I'm out on the observation deck. It's windy. I can feel the 163-story building swaying to my right. How I many you know I'm looking for that elevator, right, just to find out where it is? 
But I was up there and I had this moment like, man created this, right? God created us, but man, in our own knowledge, our own ability, our own understanding, created this. What could God do that's bigger than this? And then I realized this, everything I was looking at was created by God. The vastness, the incredible awareness. So I, I, wanna, I want you to kind of visualize, if you think, well, I've been here, I've been there, I've been on the top of the mountains. I want you to think about how, just the biggest thing that you've ever seen. Ezekiel chapter 37, we're going we're gonna to jump in really quick here and read this. I want you to know, if you love scripture, you can read 36, chapter 36, we're going to look at 37, and then you can read 38. It's really unique. You'll see in 36, the, the Spirit of God, God told Ezekiel all these different things. He said, prophesy this, prophesy prophesy that told him to speak the things watch this in chapter 37 it's a little different because God asked him a question God didn't first tell him what to do God asked him a question so you might say pastor Darren why is the title how big is God question mark because I believe God is asking us that question at today at cross point or if you're watching online or listening to the podcast I believe he's asking that question so it says this the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around, all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Now I want you to understand that the visual here is thousands of corpses that have decayed in a valley and all the bones are scattered and lying everywhere. And, and the Spirit of God asks him this question. Son of man, do you think that God can bring life and bring these bones back to life again? Do you think that God can do it? Have you ever been asked a question that's above your pay grade? Anybody? Have you ever been asked a question you don't know the answer to? Ezekiel is so smart. Look at what his answer is. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. How many know that's a diplomatic answer right there? He's like, I'm not going to say yes or no. I don't know what's going to happen here. I might be those bones. All right. So he says, Are you, you, done, you know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message. Everybody say message. Sometimes prophetic or prophecy kind of freaks us out a little bit in church because sometimes we think weird people do that. So I'm going to tell you something about a prophetic message. Number one, it should never be weird. Say never. So if you're one of those, got that gift, just don't be weird, okay? Be like normal. Okay, just, this is real practical, isn't it? The, the second thing, when you hear the word prophetic, don't think mysterious. Think faith-filled. Think faith-filled. Well, my, uh, the first time I heard a prophecy, it was, it was so hard I couldn't even understand it. Okay, I don't think that's the goal, right? That we can't understand it. Think faith-filled. And think of what the Spirit of God was saying to Ezekiel right here. Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Sometimes you're doing things that God's asking you to do, and it doesn't feel like it makes a lot of sense. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The Lord is basically asking Ezekiel, Ezekiel, how big do you think God is? 
when he has them stand and look at this valley of dry bones, and I think there's areas in our life today as well where God's asking Ezekiel, God's asking us, hey, do you think God's big enough to do this? Do you think God's big enough to do this? Now, would one of, why would one of the greatest prophetic leaders of the Old Testament need to hear that message? And I wrote this down in my notes. Even, don't miss this. Even strong Christians, all of us everywhere, all of us have moments and seasons where we need to be reminded of the bigness of God. The bigness of God. One of the reasons I showed you the picture of the Burj Khalifa, one of the reasons I asked you to visualize just some of the, mo- the biggest things you've ever experienced. One of the reasons that God, the Spirit of God took Ezekiel this place and showed him this vast valley of dry bones is because God knows the value of vision. And God knows the value of us having visuals. And I just, I don't, I, I don't want you to miss this. So when we think of the, what God is doing here at Crosspoint, but then when you think about what God is doing and wants to do in your life, don't miss this. I want to ask you this question. I know that you've received God's promises. Have you received God's picture for your life? Have you received God's picture? Do you see what he wants you to do? Do you see what's next? What is in your mind, in your heart, about God, what God wants to do in your life? I mean, we know the promises. We know of salvation. We know of forgiveness. We know of healing. We know God will never leave us and forsake us. There are so many incredible promises of God, and they're so true. But it's so important that we have these moments like, God, I can, I can see you changing my family. God, I can see you helping me reach people with your love. God, I can see healing coming to our relationship. God, I can see that my prodigal son who's away from God can come home and know Jesus again. God, I know that my school can be changed by the power of God. God, I know that you can do a revival in my college. God, I know that you can continue to pour out your spirit in our church. Do you have that visual? Do you have God's picture and I ask you this because I think of next weekend. Next weekend, cross point is what? Easter. Easter. One, two, three, say Easter. One, two, three. Easter. It's Easter. Can you see 800 to 1,000 people and hundreds of new people coming to cross point next weekend and experiencing life-changing power of Jesus? Do you see it? You could clap right there because you got to see it. You got to see it. And some of you are like, well, isn't the church big enough? It's big enough when all of Waverly and all of the surrounding communities, everybody knows Jesus. Then it's big enough. And until then, well, what about other churches? Great, let them grow too, right? But we're just going to say and believe that everybody needs his love. So can you imagine that happening? Come on, let's go, Cross Point. That is so amazing. Like, I want to drive back down, but we're praying the same thing for our church, right? And it's just amazing what God is doing in the church, and it's so exciting. So if you love God's word, say, I love it. So Numbers 13 is a long passage. We're going to read it. We're going to read it fast. So some of you have read this passage before about the spies and looking at the land. Some of you, it's brand new to you. But I would ask you to listen with fresh ears. And as we jump on, it'll be on the screen as well. You can follow along in your Bibles. The Lord now said to Moses, and I'm going to pause a few places here, if you haven't caught on to that already, and just highlight a few things. Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader. Everybody say leader. Leader, he didn't send rookies, didn't send new people, didn't send scared people. 
he sent leaders for this entire group that was to go out from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or is it bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. So so they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rahab near Lebohamath. When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch, look at this church, with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. How many of you know they don't sell those at hy V? Come on, somebody, right? They just don't. These things are huge, right? They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and the figs. After exploring the land for 40 days, these men returned. This was the report to Moses. We gathered, we, we entered the land you sent us to explore, and indeed it was a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Verse 28, but, everybody say but. Most of the time, not all the time, when you see but in Scripture, it's not a good thing. It's a transition. So basically all this great stuff, right, church, was going on. All this great fruit was here, and then the event, this is not a parable, it's an actual event, then the event takes quite a turn. And look at what the leaders say to Moses. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw the giants there, the descendants of Anak. Let me pause there and say, when God has asked you to do something, he's never promised that there won't be obstacles. He's never promised that there won't be obstacles. When God has asked you to do something, what he's promised is that he will always be with you. Right, church? So it's not like every obstacle is always removed from our path. Why would we need Jesus if that was true, right? His thing is, I want you to go do this, and I will be with you on this journey. Keep reading. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean and um, along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Look at the dynamic of what's going on. Caleb says something completely different. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had experienced, who explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. Can I pause and ask Crosspoint this question, everybody in this service, anybody joining us online, which voice do you want to be? Do you want to be Caleb? Or do you want to be the rest of them that says God can't do it? So don't feel that as a guilt thing. Just truly, I'm asking aspirationally, like where you want to go in your journey, where you want to go in your life. I pray that we would say, I want to be like Caleb. That even though there's obstacles, even though there's challenges, even though there's things we got to figure out, man, my God can do this. And we can see this come to pass in our lives. It's just 
that's just, that's, that's, God's, that's God's heart for. So he says, but, the, but the, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up. We can't go, against, go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Look at this. So they spread. Everybody say spread. Spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. I'm going to pause again and just say, what's the story that you're spreading about what God can do? Are you like boring and bothering people in your life about how great God is? Like when they talk to you, are you like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what God's doing in our church. Can't believe how God's blessing our lives. I mean, are you that kind of sweet but annoying person that speaks up for God, right? We're not, hopefully not annoying in a bad way, but you know, you're just so excited. You're so passionate about the things of God. Again, what's, I just, when I, was, I read this this morning again, early this morning, and I just thought, what's the report that I'm spreading? It, and it says this, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. Now, I just want to say, that's not true. They, now, you're going to read, watch this with me. I know we read a lot of scripture, but we're starting to read an account where they're adding their own narrative to it. It's not actually what everybody experienced. It's just what they're feeling, so they're adding their own narrative. It says, we've traveled through a land and explored, and, and explore, we've traveled through and explored, it, the land we traveled through and explored, excuse me, will devour anyone that goes to live there, right? Now just think about this statement. It didn't devour any one of the leaders that went. They all came back safe, didn't they? Right? So these people that all went and came back are like, yeah, anybody that goes there, they're going to die. And if you're Moses, you're like, who are these clowns? Right? So all the people we saw were huge. Right? There was no normal people there. Right? They're all huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. So now they're mind readers. All right. Numbers 14. Two of the men, last a few more verses, track with me, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pause on Scripture for a few minutes. Two of the men, chapter 14, who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. Can we just pause right there? Joshua and Caleb went to the same place that everybody else went to. And all of a sudden, they give their report, and it's like 180 degrees difference, right? It's just completely, you notice that? So can I just say, um, we can choose what report we're going to deliver. And we can be careful to make sure that that report is filled with the faith-filled thoughts of who God is or filled with the discouraging, discouraging things we might see. Let's be the ones that are faith-filled. The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. Everybody say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of them. And I want you to notice, Joshua and Caleb, they didn't refute everything all the other leaders and spies shared. What they did refute was their exaggerations and the things that they misspoke on. 
And there's just people in our lives at times that don't build our faith. They're trying to tear down our faith. And maybe they're not even doing it on purpose. Trust me, sometimes that happens, but it's just what's going on. So it's not, we're not trying to judge other people too harshly. We're just going to be really careful the voices we listen to. And Joshua and Caleb were like, no, 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 Moses, let me just tell you something. What they just told you is not the right picture. It's not it, but they totally exaggerated it, and it was just so, so, so dramatic. They talked about the, the, that there's huge giants, and we look like little grasshoppers. All those things were what they felt. And I wrote this down. Why do bad reports and bad news of bad events always seem to get exaggerated? Have you ever noticed, oh my gosh, our, our school is coming to an end. Oh, really? Oh my gosh, do you, did you see what happened? Oh my, I, I don't even know if we're going to make it to next year. Really? I mean, people have these exaggerated things like, well, where, did, where did that come from? And I know sometimes it's just we just get tired. Can I just share this thought with you? It's, it's kind of not part of my notes or my message, but I felt it this morning. like Because I feel like we're all in this together. And I'll say it really quick that... Um, is there anybody that's ever written anything? You're an author, or writer, not even just casual, or you're an artist. Can I just see your hand? Has anybody ever heard the term of a writer's block? Writer's block. Writer's block means that you're a writer and you like to write things down and just all of a sudden nothing's coming to you. It's a block. Happens to preachers when sometimes when you're writing a sermon. Happens to people in other areas, other occupations as well. And you're like, I'm just not feeling it. Can I tell you, um, the, the spies, the leaders that went out, they had a faith block because they wouldn't have been chosen if they weren't great leaders. But now they had this block that developed that Joshua and Caleb didn't have. So I want you to know something. If you're here in church today and you've got kind of a faith block where you're like, Pastor, I'm liking this, but I just don't know. I don't, I'm not feeling that God is going to be that victorious in my life. Or I'm really weighed down by something. You're not alone. That happens to everybody. But the good news is, is God can break down that wall and that barrier. And God can bring us through to a place of victory, to a place of strength. That's just the God that we serve. I wrote this down. Courageous faith in no way refuses to acknowledge pain or difficult times. It doesn't. So some people are like, well, those that are really faithful, that, that nothing, nothing ever goes wrong. That is so wrong. Courageous faith. So let me, can I just, remember I said don't be weird earlier. If you're sick, just admit you're sick. Right? I'm just not going to admit it. Well, God knows it already. So if you're sick, just be sick, okay? But ask for God to heal you. Right? So when you're walking through, it's not like the courageous faith isn't, isn't acknowledging the difficult things that are in front of us. Watch this. Courageous faith says, yes, there are difficulties, but my God is bigger. Or my God can do it. That's courageous faith. So just track with me. So I'm going to share this real thought really quick, and then we'll share a few things and we'll wrap up. Um, and this is the key question I have in my notes. What caused Joshua and Caleb to have such a great perspective? Man, if we could answer this question in church today, it would be really good. Their perspective was so different, and they experienced everything everybody else experienced. So what caused Joshua and Caleb to have such a different perspective? I don't have every answer. I'm sure the list could be longer. But I, I've read this dozens of times now, and I would just say I, I'm going to submit two of them to you. 
that can, we can all apply to our lives that Joshua and Caleb had to have them, help them have a great perspective because it was so different than everybody else's. And it was a God-honoring perspective. Here's the first one. They had an our God is bigger conviction. Everybody say conviction. They had an our God is bigger conviction. They just had it. You look at the way they talked. You look at how they said things. They're just like, God can do it. God can do it. Yeah, we're on it. Yes, we can do it. Let's go take the land. God can do it. They just had this conviction. Not belief, but conviction. Belief can be good too. Conviction, conviction is stronger. And some are like, what's the difference between the two? Here's what I think. I think belief is, belief says this. I really feel this to be true. I really feel. Everybody say feel. I really feel this to be true. Conviction says, I know this to be true. I know it. What's the difference? You don't hear doubt in my voice. I know it to be true. And sometimes we got to walk in that conviction. They had that, Joshua and Caleb, even though what they said in Numbers 14, when they refuted back, they're like, what are you guys talking about? Are you crazy? We can take this land. God's will is, is more important. God's strength is incredible, and we can do it. That's kind of the passion that they had. The second thing that they had was this. They had each other. They had each other. Man, the journey that God's called us to, whether you're, whether you're brand new in the faith or whether you've been serving God for many years or even if you're exploring Christianity, man, can I tell you, it's not meant to be lived alone. And we need other people. We need to, in the ministries that we serve in, the places we volunteer, the kids' ministry and the youth ministry and all the different incredible things that God's doing in the church. We have and small groups and life groups, all these things. we got to get connected because when we have each other, we have strength. We just do. And so I just remind you on this one where they had each other, just be careful the voices you listen to. Be careful and make sure you got the right, the right mentors, the right voices, the right Bible studies that are going into your life. So here we go. I'm going to share a couple quick things here at the end, and then we're going to wrap up. I'll give you a final verse here. If you're with me, say amen. All right, here we go. And I want to ask you these questions, all right? And, uh, and I, just, I just want to, I want you to answer them out loud. And I just want you to, you can say yes or no. And I'm just going to tell you in advance, if you say no, you're going to get it wrong. Okay, you might feel a little embarrassed. So, so don't say no, all right? I just don't want anybody to say, get embarrassed, all right? So I know how sharp this, this, this congregation is. So here we go. I want to ask, but just let your faith build. Here's my first question. Can God really restore and renew my marriage? Yes. yes. Some of you needed that statement right there. Well, my marriage isn't exciting. It's not full. It doesn't feel as, as in, in, in passionate as it should be. It can, it can change. And God can restore it. God can renew it. And something like there's a lot of distance, Pastor, and you don't know how long there's been distance in our marriage. Can I just tell you? God can restore it. I've seen God bring so many couples back together again to an incredible place. Here's the next one. Can God really heal this pain or sickness that I'm dealing with? Come on, let it rise a little bit one more time. Yes, he can. He can. Well, he hasn't yet. Okay, keep praying. Right? Keep praying. What's the alternative? I don't like that answer, Pastor. Keep praying. What's the alternative? Give up? Right? What if the next time we pray, it actually gets realized? So I'm going to just, people ask me all the time, and it's like, hey, why is not this happened? Why did not this happen? And I'm just like, you are asking me questions that are above my pay grade. 
I don't know the answer to all those things, but here's what I know, God heals. So I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to just say, do what Scripture says, ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking, seek and keep on seeking. Some people say, well, prayer team down front at the end of service uh, at, at Cross Point, we do it at our church as well. And you might say, well, I see some people, they kind of go all the time and they keep coming forward, and I'm like, smartest people in the church. That's what I feel. Like, why wouldn't you? There's people that want to pray for you and you have a need. Why would you walk out without receiving prayer, right? And so I just, I just believe that. Here's, I'll show you the next ones really quick. Can God really deliver from every addiction? A better yes. All right, you got like three more and you got to get better, okay? So this, these aren't real tricky. But yes, are, are you saying it with belief or are you saying it with conviction? You're yes. Let me just say it that way, right? I mean, he can. He can deliver from any addiction. Can God really safeguard all of my children? Yeah, there we go. He can. He can. Can God really use me to reach hundreds and even thousands with his love? He can. Here's the last one. Can God really be faithful and true to every one of his promises? He is. How big is God? How big do you see him? One more passage, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more. Everybody say infinitely. Infinitely more than we might ask or that we might think. Man, I'm thankful for God's goodness. Can I just tell you one last thing and then we're going to pray. I believe there's people in church today that you need to be reminded that God loves you so much. He knows exactly where you're at. And if somebody hasn't told you this in a while, let me be the one to tell you. Because God is here to share this with you. God has your back. And God will bring his best to pass in your life. You can trust him. Because he loves you that much. So if you, I know there might be some difficult things you've been dealing with. I know sometimes it gets really tough, but can I just tell you, our God is so big. He loves you so much, and just continue to pursue him and watch for that time of victory that God has. And the last thing I'll say is, be that person that dreams bigger and have that Caleb, have that Joshua voice. Amen, church? Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, thank you for how good, how amazing you are, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in the church. Thank you, God, because we are blessed. We are blessed, God, to be here today. And God, we just take one moment and listen to you. Listen to your voice. Listen to your leading. God, as, as we're wrapping up this message, as we're going to take just a couple minutes before we leave today and, and go into worship in a moment, we just want to pause and God, we want to give anybody the opportunity that needs God's love to receive God's love today. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, let me just be really clear. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I do want to give you an opportunity. So if you're in church today, we're so glad that you're here. And you're distant from Jesus. Maybe you've never committed your life to Christ. Maybe you understand religion and you've kind of walked through those habits and some of those practices are good, but you've never fully committed your life to Jesus, that he's your Lord and your Savior. Today's the day you can do that. Or maybe you did that at some point, but you know and you feel like you've fallen away and you need to recommit your life to Jesus. 
as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, in just a moment we're going to pray. And if you would just say, Pastor, I just want to be included in that prayer. I want to I I make that decision today. And Pastor, would you include me in the prayer that we're going to have together? Because I want to leave church today knowing that my life is right with Jesus, knowing that I'm walking in his goodness and his strength. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I know I need God's forgiveness, include me in the final prayer. I want in on that. If that's you, put your hand up really high. I'm just going to agree with you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Shoot it up really high. Don't be embarrassed. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. Anybody else? Man, I love that boldness. One time, one more time I'll ask, God, I want to, I want that forgiveness and include me in the final prayer. I want in on that. If that's you, just raise your hand right now in Jesus' name. Thank you. That's awesome. Love that young man. Thank you. That's awesome. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me because we're going to support those that just raised their hands. So would you repeat this after me? Jesus, I come to you. I confess that I'm a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I invite you into my life to be my Savior and to be my Lord, to be the leader of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. Every day of my life, I want to live for you, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Amen. Amen. Hey, church, five people in this service made that decision. They said, come on, let's celebrate that. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's celebrate that. Come on, Pastor Jonathan. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Darren. Let's all stand to our feet and let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. Pastor Darren, Pastor Jane, thank you so much for coming this weekend, for investing in our church. And I'll just tell you, there's never been a time that I've been around you where you've inspired me to dream smaller or to think that God is smaller, right? Every time I'm around you, every time our staff is around you, our board is around you, you inspire us. You're that different voice in our life, and I'm so grateful for it. You inspire us to recognize how big God is and to have bigger faith and have bigger dreams. And so thank you so much. Let's one more time express our appreciation to them. If you were one of those five people in person today or you prayed that prayer online, I would ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Again, text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We want to encourage you along in the decision that you've made today and the journey that God's going to take you on. How many know that God is faithful? And God's the same God that Pastor Darren preached about in, in, Mo, in Moses' day as he is today. We're about to sing this song that I hope is going to inspire some faith in some of your hearts and some of your situations. The prayer team is going to make their way up to the front. The worship team's about to lead us in another song. And as Pastor Darren said, if you've come with any need today, even if you've come down before and received prayer, I would encourage you to step out of your seat this morning and one more time petition to heaven, petition to God, and ask him to meet that need. And I believe and I'm praying that today's going to be the day when your needs are met. So the worship team's going to lead us in the next song. And as they do, I would encourage you to step out, your, out of your seats for prayer this morning. Thanks for joining us. 
We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.